This week's episode is brought to you by Murder Mysteries, a type of story that isn't very popular except with, you know, the resurgence of movies like Knives Out and Murder on the Orient Express and Girl with the Dragon Tattoo. Murder Mysteries are something that I recently have gotten into uh, because of Knives Out and those other two movies, but uh, yeah, I'm going to try and see if I can write one and uh, I'll I'll keep you guys updated on that because it's going to be a large thing. Maybe it'll end up being a book or something. Who knows? Murder Mysteries. Who done it? More like I done it. Welcome to Nexus at Night. Do not buy murder mystery novels when you look like Atlas Novak. You will be put on a watch list. I'm Atlas. I'm Matt. I'm Rootbeer. Who are you planning on killing? Not who I'm planning on killing. (laughs) Yeah, I'm going to fly across the country for that. Um, Nah, I, I, I was going through some papers at work, and I found a copy of the floor plans of the doctor's office that I work in. And it's this big L shape, and there's all these rooms with multiple entrances and exits, and I was like, this is perfect for a murder mystery story. And then after seeing, like, Knives Out and Murder on the Orient Express, I was like, I want to give this a try. So I've been Wait, no. doing research. What? Oh, oh, never mind. You mean what? writing a story? Yeah. <laughs> oh, you mean like... Oh. <laughs> yeah, I want to give this murder real, thing a try. Really Sounds good. A try. <laughs> Atlas, no. <laughs> yeah, we have your uh, taped confession on this podcast of yours. Shit, I forgot about that. <laughs> it's fine. They'll never find this. Finally using your creative writing major. I know, right? Um, hell, th- this gets more listens than Bad Reading does. Bad Reading gets like 50 people a week. This is over 300, usually. That's something. <laughs> Thanks, everybody, for You'll listening. Get there. Yeah, well, th- this is like how almost 200 episodes in. Bad ratings, I yeah. think 12 or something like that. All right, uh, for the episode proper, I'm sure you're staring at your phone being like, okay, I see the title, I see the description, what are they talking about? Um, today, my Vanguard peoples, we are talking about the evolution of card costs. Um, because some people haven't been here the whole time. Yeah. And... I think this was suggested by Hal? Was Hal the one that suggested this episode? Yeah, this was suggested by our friend Hal from from college. And um, Mm -hmm. we thought that this would be good for a little history lesson and also to see where Boucher might take this in the future because uh, they've done different ways to talk about... or they've done this in different ways to pay for skills... And a lot of people usually talk about the power creep part of it. They're like, okay, the skills have gotten more and more broken as time has gone on, but when no one's really looked at the front end of it, where it's been the, how do we pay for those skills? So. Have we, you're telling me that restainers haven't also, haven't always costed like counter bus one, soul bus one? <laughs> no, apparently they haven't. Or like what? discard one card or something. Like, Yeah, mm-hmm. or discard three cards, no other cost, get power yeah. plus 10,000, whatever, you know? Yeah. <laughs> Foreshadowing. <laughs> yeah, so 
for our framework for this that we're going to kind of work through, we're going to use Dragonic Overlord as our reference because he has existed at every period of this goddamn game and has 12 million different versions. He was, Except, the, first, he was the first big guy. Yeah. yeah. He, I, he was kind of that first 11k, too, because originally oh, yeah. grade, grade 3s had 10k power, and then Dragonic Overlord was 11k, and this was, ooh. Um, yeah. I mean, would... Dragonic Overlord's still good. <laughs> which, which, which one? <laughs> God damn it. Which one? <laughs> Dragonic Overlord, the one I said. Uh, which one? Yes. Uh... <laughs> Pay attention. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying. So, going back to the very first set of the game with the OG Dragonic Overlord, let's see what he does. Yeah. So... He has a skill that said if you did not have another Kagero Vanguard or Rearguard, it gets power minus 2,000 because this was at a point in the game where you that was actually a thing and you weren't just running one single clan. Yeah, or you were, you were allowed to. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, and they and required, it, so you, they wanted you to have another Kagero, just one. Didn't matter what it was. Mm-hmm. And then... The part we're actually here for is Act Vanguard Rearguard Circle, Counter Blast 3, until the end of the turn, it gets power plus 5,000, and Auto Vanguard Rearguard, when this unit attack hits an opponent's rearguard, stand this unit, and it loses Twin Drive. So wait, does that mean that, like, the 5k, so you, like, stack that with the Force Gift... And then you can. <laughs> no way. No, this is old ass Vanguard. Where? You're... Are you saying that Counterblast Three is a pretty high cost or a low cost? Hmm. I'd say this was more of a medium cost because it, like, Overlord is a weird example since it has a lot, since it had a really high ceiling where you could just wipe the enemy's entire front row. Well, that's if. Yeah. The opponent had like no cards in the hand, or just a handful of garbage. Mm-hmm. Which my me- my memories of original Dragonic Overlord involve <laughs> guarding a rear uh, an attack. Like so, this thing works on rearguard for some reason. Yes. Uh, so they'll do they'll play it on rearguard and counterblast three, and they would get five k, and they're like sixteen rear, <laughs> and you're like, well, if I don't guard it, they're gonna they're just gonna eat up all my rears and attack vanguard anyway. So I might as well guard it now. So I guard it, and they tackle their vanguard. And then they get a stand trigger. <laughs> and I'm just and like... Anybody remember those? <laughs> I'm like, come on. And, and you know, back back in ye olden days, there were no effect stands. You're playing stands to stand stuff. Yeah. And, and you know, he they so they stand this Dragonic Overlord, which, by the way, still has an auto ability. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and they're like, uh, 21 rear. And you're like... <laughs> okay. <laughs> well... <laughs> and like... Yeah. If you had an effect stand, maybe, maybe if you were lucky, it was a shove and sold, you have 3k somewhere. Mm-hmm. Stand. Yeah, like the, maybe. That, maybe, if you were, depending who you were. Just a contrast with something that doesn't have an extremely high ceiling. You have King of Knights Alfred, the original one, that was 10k. So, it can't be boosted. It did get power plus 2,000 for each of your Royal Paladin rearguards, and act on Vanguard or Rearguard Circle, Counter Blast 3, search your deck for one Grade 2 or less Royal Paladin, and call it to Rearguard Circle. Amazing. 
So, the, so yeah. these are... You're, you're paying Counterblast 3 for... In the case of Dragonic Overlord, the only tangible bonus you're getting outright is the 5k. But you also get the mm-hmm. restand skill without having to discard anything. And then with Alfred, it's you get a you get a card from deck. That's what you're paying three counterblast for. Yeah, you get exactly one card. And this is in a time where there's the only way to really countercharge at this point in time is what heal triggers. Uh, there were a, a few other mild ways to countercharge, but heal triggers were the general way that you countercharge. Yes, like with a lot of these. Like early boss monsters, you're uh, you're getting the skill off maybe twice a game, mm-hmm. and more of more of the game was like resource management and uh, luck mm-hmm. to a large extent. One one thing that's important to note about uh, Alfred King of Knights is that card was played deep into uh, Limit Break era. Hmm. Because it, it it works on rear, so you call it to rear count, and you know uh. you're playing, if you're playing MLB, you're not using a whole lot of counterblast for much. So you just slam it on rear guard, and you're like counterblast three, make an eighteen column, mm-hmm. which is hitting crossrides. <laughs> yeah. So uh, Alfred King of Knights was like played deep into um, uh, Rick Air for that reason. Even if they just played one of it, just because it was like an instantaneous eighteen column. Mm. For one card, yeah, and and then also one more thing is at the time there was also something called Mega Blasting where oh, no. it would ask you to <laughs> dump basically all of your resources. So I'm just gonna go with Amaterasu. Oh, I see. Go on. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Amaterasu for this one because she was also in the first set. So she has skill that. You know, if you have four or more cards in your hand, it gets power plus 4,000, and then this is Just something that a lot of these Mega Blast cards do, is at the beginning of your main phase, you can Soul Charge 1, and then she also has that you can look at your top deck. Mm-hmm. But a lot of these have something that's like Soul Charge 1, do something related to your clan. Most of it was and then just the thing plus was... 2k. Like, mm-hmm. it was very nothing. The Amaterasu being yeah. able to look at the top card and put it on top or bottom made her one of the best... Uh, Mega blasts there was because you were actively yeah. doing something, which is oh, this isn't a trigger. I'm going to put this on the bottom. Mm-hmm. And then the thing we're here for the mega blast, auto vanguard rearguard circle, soul blast eight and counter blast five. When this unit's attack hits, you may pay the cost. If you do, draw up to five cards. Okay, five cards is a lot back then. Yeah, five cards is a lot, but. You know, to get to Counter Blast soul. 5, Soul Blast 8. I mean, this yeah, got easy, it got easier to do with the Sukuyomi ride chain, because that one involved mm-hmm. soul charging and you know, superior riding and stuff like that. It could also help fix your superior, uh, like, your soul for Sukuyomi, because, like, oh, I soul charged the, you know, a Sukuyomi grade 2, and now I can ride the grade 3 next turn. That kind of thing. Mm-hmm. It ended up being yeah. more than just its Mega Blast, whereas stuff like, I don't know, the original Agravain was a pipe dream. Yeah, the um, Mr. Invincible was also a pretty hype Mega Blast. <laughs> Why? Because he, he was one of the few cards that could counter charge. 
Yeah. Uh, also, uh, you had Claydol Mechanic as well. Right. So yeah, oh, it's yeah. extra speedy counter charge if you want it. Mm-hmm. And I do want to issue a correction. Uh, Kagro actually did have an effect stand at BD4. Really? Uh, mm. Called a Flame Seed Salamander. That, oh, I remember uh, this one. On, when an attack hits a Vanguard during a battle, the scene it boosted, uh, you can choose one of your opponent's grade zero regards and retire it. So it was used to kill, like, other starters. <laughs> Wingle. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> But yeah, so there was a uh, there 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 was an effect stand in Kagro, uh, but not very many clients had that. Mm-hmm. Then trying to find a concrete example, but we had a lot of things that was like counter blast one gain one thousand power. Oh no! I oh I have one of these. Lots of oh, clans had that seven k. It was a seven k just act counter blast one plus one k for the turn. Oh yeah, that was a vanilla effect basically of the yep. seven counterblast one gain a K for the turn. That was it. Yeah. Yeah. And but it's just like, what do we do with this? Yeah, but you know, just as an example, this is what costs were in the early game days, right? Everything all of your big effects were like three counterblasts at least, if it wasn't a mega blast, and even mundane things like gaining a whole one thousand power cost a counterblast. Yeah, and if, if God forbid a card give power to another unit, like, you look at... So, Dimension Police, like, toward the end of uh, G, everyone knew it kind of you know, giving power to your Vanguard, right? Mm-hmm. And you're kind of looking for, like, repeatable, cheap ways to give power to your Vanguard. Back in ye olden days, you had to counterblast 2 for plus 4k. So there's a card called Cosmo Beak. And not only did you counterblast 2 for 4k, this was on an 8k rearguard. <laughs> 8k grade 2, on place, counterblast 2, choose a dimension, please give it 4k. That was the whole thing. This was a double R. Yeah. Yep. (laughs) This was a double R in BT4. You're just Mm. like... I mean, this was in the same set as, what, Phantom Blaster Dragon? OG Matcha? It's just Uh, like... Why? Yeah, something like that. Yeah. yeah, I mean, even if you even if you've got Phantom Blaster Dragon's effect, that it is very expensive by today's standards. Being Counterblast two, retire three for ten thousand and a crit. Mm. Right. So that's like yeah. pretty heavy. But Shadow Paladins was like, oh, you retire about your rearguards to like lower the cost of your uh, of your uh, of your effect, like Counterblast cost. So that was kind of their, their giving. Yeah, and then I think. Another pretty common thing was you would have certain clans would have cards that could like counter blast two to retire a thing. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that's all the blaster blade or blaster blade, blaster dark, mm-hmm. uh, draconic death scythe. Um, a bunch of freaking other ones. Another another yeah. archetype of this that was happening game wide was the. Grade 2, 9k, that was when it hit, I think anything, I can't remember, I have to look again. It was either when it hit anything or hit a Vanguard, Counterblast 2, draw a card. And oh, you mean Lamp Camel. That's exactly what I was thinking of, but the um, I just googled Lamp Camel and it gave me a bunch of actual lamps. Yeah, it, 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 can, it can hit anything, by the way, because I remember bullying regards with uh, Reverse. Yeah, so any mm-hmm. deck that didn't use a lot of Counterblast, that's what you spent it on, was this... Yeah, just if it hits anything. Uh, if you have a great neighbor yep. Vanguard, you may pay the cost draw card. So, like, this... Like, early in the game's history, you had some decks that just kind of didn't really use Counterblast all that much, and then others that, like, 
numb to that shit. Yeah. You look I at, think... like, OG Lucia cost, you're just like, okay, you activate that exactly one time. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I think this continued on even into, like, early Limit Break. Well, before Limit yep. Break, you had, like, near the end of that first wave. And that yeah. came with Majesty Lord Blaster and Dragonic Overlord at the end, which uh, kind of took the game by storm. Yeah, so mm-hmm. what's crazy? So the original Dragonic Overlord at the end, let's start there. So Majesty Lord Blaster is a different beast. Uh, mm-hmm. We're looking at a cross ride, which means if you have the original Dragonic Overlord in Soul, it's a 13k base, which is normal now, but at the time was absolutely massive. Um, it, it generally was like plus several cards just to have a 13k base Vanguard. And then it had on hit anything, Counter Blast 2, discard a copy of itself, which we called Persona Blasting at the time. I'm not sure mm-hmm. how people still use that term. I uh, still do if it ever comes and up, you but not often. Restand your Vanguard. Or restand this card. It only works on mm-hmm. Vanguard. So, like, before we had Counter Blast 3 when it hits a rearguard restand. Now we have when it hits Counter Blast 2, discard a copy of itself, restand. Which is significantly better, and it yeah. it doesn't lose a drive, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Which means if you hit this effect, you're now up on cards, which is insane. Like um, yes, 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 you are. Like so, you are so n- normally a plus one would be like like we talk about Lamp Camel, right? Mm-hmm. That's Counterblast two, draw one, and that and that set was after Dope. Yeah, at least in Japan, and they're mm-hmm. just like so. Counterblast two is draw a card. Draconic Overlord. The end is Counterblast two. Attack your opponent again. Also draw. Also get a second. Get two more drive checks, which are which better is, than drawing. Yes, and it's just mm-hmm. so insane. Like it's it's so much better that you know on rain for any other card that was even close to existing at that time, except yeah. And honestly, like, even when they started to try and phase out those cards with Limit Break, Dote, MLB, and Tsukuyomi were still, like, leagues ahead because early Limit Break kind of went back to the original format, like uh, Dragonic Kaiser Vermilion, which is Limit Break 4, so you had to have 4 damage. Counter Blast 3, it gets 2,000 power and attacks the, in- the opponent's front row in one battle. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that card was really strong. So, yeah. I think it was a bit easier for a lot of those clans, too, because Mm -hmm. you were, you, like, you could spend your counterblast in a way where you knew you were going to have three counterblasts when you hit four damage, and you're, like, and if you you were threatening that, your opponent couldn't really play a front row. And even if they left Mm -hmm. you at three damage, people played the uh, self-damagers to, like, Mm -hmm. force out the extra, um, the extra damage and self damage was actually also really good. Uh, anti charge, uh, counter charge things mostly. Well, I say counter charge things, but they really just put triggers back in your deck for the most part. Yeah, mm-hmm. the uh, the self damagers were eight and six k grade twos and ones that, when played, you could counter blast one, put the top card of your deck in your damage zone face up, and then during your end phase, you picked a card from your damage zone and shuffled it back in your deck. So, not only was this a way to set up Limit Break, uh, if the opponent was damage-denying you, but you could also kind of artificially make your heal triggers work better, 
Because you're like, I'm yeah. going to put myself from three to four, and then I'm going to heal from four back down to three, and then at the end phase, the skill still procs. Yeah, I've definitely had plenty of games where my opponent would be at five, and I'd be at four. I just play a self-damage or activate it, put myself at five, attack, hit a heal trigger, and heal down to three that turn. <laughs> it's just feels absolutely good, man. disgusting. Yeah, yeah it mm-hmm. feels real good. And the worst games are, or the worst games are when your opponent is like, when you're both at like the same damage, right? You both be at like four or whatever, and your opponent <laughs> will like self damage to five, double heal, and be at two. <laughs> and you're like, well, but why? <laughs> those were those were the uh, the most fair games. Yeah, and like I mean, that's an expensive effect for taking a damage. Expensive how like, the now, counterblast? Like, or? yeah, the counterblast. Like, I mean, I guess it doesn't really cost a counterblast. It, mm-hmm. it it's like a borrowing a counter blast if that makes sense. Yeah. Yeah. And but you know you compare the stuff people play now and it's like yeah. not even close. Well, okay, so this you're counter blasting one for like the ability to use a skill slash whatever kind of fuckery we were just describing, and right. then. <laughs> Then you had your your big guys like your Vermilions with the Counterblast 3 and you get to attack the front row. This is pre-Excel markers, n- new players, so it's still just pretend you're playing a forced clan without the markers. Anyway, um, because I, I, I've had that kind of thing where on paper they'll understand, but like it doesn't really penetrate what they're realizing. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Or, or they're just like, yeah, but why not just attack with more? I'm like, do you kn- okay? There are three circles in the front, and that is it. Oh yeah, yeah. Game, game was super simple. Game was yeah. super simple. Everyone's we did not have gift markers. Period. Everyone's playing with common card threes in the set, basically. Yep. Yeah. Like you had your okay. So the first deck that I built on my own, where I was proud of how it went, and that I didn't really have a lot of help with, was Great Nature around BTO eight. So, Great Nature got introduced as a clan the set before. They're like, yep. hey guys, there's this thing with animals where they, like, buff up their rear guards and then they die. Here you go. And then the set after, uh, we got Coiling Duckbill and uh, Armed Instructor Bison. So, I used that Leopold and Magnet Crocodile, which was a rare grade 3 that on attack it got 2k. It wasn't like. Hey, that card was science. The those cards were real good. Yeah, like, cards were surprisingly good. Uh, the so, speaking of BTO8, that is also around the time like costs started to come closer to what we know now. Explain a little bit. Yeah, a little. Well, the they started cutting down the cost for like yeah. high limit breaks. So mm-hmm. that's when they really oh. started lowering, uh, like. You didn't have costs like Vermilion until you had the blood, right? Yeah. And they were like, well, that affects real dumb. And it was. And then, but, you yeah. know, you look at, who was it? Well, what was the cost on Glory Maelstrom? Well, I was going to talk about regular Maelstrom first. Oh, yeah, go ahead. Regular Maelstrom was also Limit Break 4, and then if it attacks a Vanguard during the fourth battle or higher, it gets power plus 5,000 and counter blast 1 on hit, you may... Uh, when it hits, you can counter blast one. If you do, draw a card, choose one of your opponent's rear guards, and retire it. And that's reverse, or that's uh, glory, or that's regular maelstrom, right? Right. Yeah, that's the original maelstrom. And that's just counter blast one, which is really crazy. Yeah. And that, and and that glory, also needed that needed a hit to happen at a certain battle, which right was fun. Which was kind of Aquaforce's shtick. 
But like even then, you compare it to like older cards like Amaterasu, where like yes, you could draw five, but it still had to hit, and you had to make a blast. So, like, now we're seeing costs go way down. Like, you're minusing your opponent, you can plus one to yourself. Um, like, but, we, okay, a good example is the first Leopold, where you had... the There was a non-limit break skill, which is just on attack, you gave something 4k. So, a free dope. And then at the end phase, it retires. Mm-hmm. The limit break skill was when something is retired during the end phase, you can counterblast and call it back. So... Mm-hmm. As Limit Break starts to creep on, you get a little bit of these, like, okay, we'll give you something that's not Limit Break related. You can have it. And then, like, the Limit Break still is something bigger. Yeah, but going backwards a little bit, we were going to talk about Glory Maelstrom 2 to talk about how Limit Break 5 affected things. Oh, that that comes after (laughs) Leopold, though. But, yeah, go ahead. Oh, yeah. So... Yeah, so Glory Maelstrom was Limit Break 5. Counterblast 1 when you attack Vanguard, pay cost. If you do, it gets power plus 5,000. And your opponent cannot call grade 1 or greater units from guard cir- to guard circle from his or her hand. And remember at this point, we did not have draw triggers that were perfect guards. All perfect guards were grade 1 or greater. It's true. I think... And it's crazy to me that this is the first time this F effect ever appeared and it was only Counterblast 1. Yeah. But it was Limit Break 5, which is not trivial. Mm-hmm. And hard to finesse. Yeah. Like, Limit Break in general, Matt, I remember you telling me stories about this where you would just have games where people get each other to three and just sit there. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's a lot of memory. Yeah. I had a f- I remember playing Reiji, and just, like, both of I put them to three and just kept attacking three Kurt Reiji. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Every time, and they're like, "Well, I'm dead if I take that one." It- <laughs> 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 so it was pretty funny, but yeah, uh, yeah, there was definitely a lot of worry about like if you could handle the limit break turns depending on which deck it was. Sometimes, mm-hmm. like, the, like, and that's what made decks like Kagro kind of frustrating is like they didn't really care. There was like, "I'm going to start guarding it too, and you're going to have to deal with it." Hmm. Just because, like, I can act in, like, they don't even need to have a dr- a dr- an- another the end in, a dote in their hand, right? And they mm-hmm. can check it, and you're like, oh, God. That was the worst. Yeah. That is the worst feeling. So, like, but, you know, like, the e- like so even if this, but e- you know, this being limit rank five, you know, you know it's, which is obviously not trouble to get to, but then it has this ridiculous effect on it. Basically, yeah. You can't PG this card, which made it just incredibly, like, incredibly scary, for sure. Mm-hmm. Oh, we forgot to bring up uh, MLB. Right, oh, right. Yeah, I mentioned it. Yeah, let's go back to MLB for a little bit. Yeah. yeah. So let's. So MLB uh, on attack, you can eat a blaster dark and a blaster blade from your regard circles, and it gets 10k. And then as long as you have a blaster blade and blaster dark in your soul, it gets plus 2k and a crit. So it becomes the first time. So it's a 10k base. So it becomes 22k and a crit when you do it the first time, and then it's a 12k and a crit for the entire the rest of the game. <laughs> so it's already a 12k base, which again we mentioned 13k base was worth of cards. 12k base is worth pretty good still, um, but it also 
has an extra crit just all at the all times. Time. Yeah, at just mm-hmm. forever. Yeah, and it's like so you put you know like a nine k booster in there. You're hitting for twenty one, and you're like, well, you have to two card guard this. You know, you have to like guard this with a lot of cards for the entire for the rest of the game. And God mm-hmm. forbid I find another combo of blaster blade, blaster dark, and hit you for thirty one. And you're like, well. And then that deck had Palamedes, who has a 13k rearguard. So, you know, they could make another 21 column. So you just, like, have to expend so many cards guarding their bullshit. Yeah, but that card was just completely free. Yeah. And it was kind of an outlier for the time. And the cost for that was those two specific cards, at the least. That's right. Mm -hmm. I'm not saying that makes it not broken. I'm just saying that, like, I can see what they were getting at with the quote balancing. What I did like about that deck is it had this funny times where if games were really close, let's say you're like running out of cards, you would have these games where you would check like an old PG and a Blaster Dark. Yeah. And for for those of you who don't know, the old PGs not only have to guard the unit of the same clan, the card you discard also has to be from the same clan. Meaning, if you checked in a, if you had Assault Blaster Dark, you could not discard a card to that. You could not discard Blaster Dark to that Assault effect. You had to discard a Royal Paladin. Oh, so you would randomly get screwed, or yeah, that's right. <laughs> <laughs> Which was hilarious. Yeah. Speaking of Majesty Lord, that is something I noticed. Is like every time they kind of get into a new mechanic, they kind of reset costs a little bit, where it costs a little bit more than things towards the end. Although. Limit Break is kind of weird because Limit Break was one of the longer periods of a game mechanic. Yeah, because so Limit Break started in BT six, right? Mm-hmm. And it goes till BT fourteen or fifteen. Yeah, so fifteen. Like there were kind of two phases of Limit Break where, like, around the end of set nine was the first phase of Limit Break, and then the second one was like set ten onwards. It, right. it was the stuff having to do with Link Joker and reverse cards. Yeah. That's like the second half of it. But that's more of a aesthetic and... Mm-hmm. Although, like, they did have the unique cost of locking their own units. Right. Uh, yeah, a bunch of clans would lock cards. If you don't know what locking cards is, look at every <laughs> other episode we've probably done. You'll find something about it. Or doodle it. That'd be good. Um, but... Yeah, locking your own cards is the first thing I can think of where you're doing a clan's shtick as the cost for something. And it's mm-hmm. not even your own. It would it would be like if you uh Yeah. If you're playing Yu-Gi-Oh and you're playing you know, Burning Abyss or something and there it, everything has the name Infernity in it too. And you're like, Alright, I need no, mm-hmm. no cards in hand to do this. You're like, what the fuck are you doing? Like why <laughs> Or, I don't know, maybe there's, like, an equivalent in Magic? I'm not sure. But, uh... It's definitely a unique thing for a TCG to do. To have... Yeah. A clan and, literally bleed into the others. Go ahead. Yeah, And then also, like, around this time, they kind of phased out Limit Break 5s for the most part. Yeah, yeah Limit Break 5s yes. were really awkward just because you had to, uh, you know be at 5 damage, which is a pretty narrow window. Yeah, so like, comparing to uh, what's its name? Glory Maelstrom, we have Dragonic Descendant. <laughs> and so, 
It's Limit Break 4. You counter blast 1, discard 3 Eradicator cards from your hand. And then at the end of the battle, they attacked and did not hit. You can pay the cost to stand it, and it gets critical plus 1. And it also has another skill that lets you counter blast 2 Eradicators for power plus 5,000. Which, fine. Um, yeah. And the reason we're using an Arakami card is because it was part of the plot that Kagero is like off somewhere, locked away. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This was basically the Narukami version of Dragonic Overlord, and we're using him as our reference point. Yep. Yeah, Draconic yeah. Descendant came out earlier in Japan than it did in English, right? Mm-hmm. Because they swapped the order of those two sets. Yeah, I think so. I remember you were telling stories about Dragonic Descendant being yeah, Draconic- really weird in the meta. Yeah, Draconic Descendant in Japan kind of like ran it by storm. Uh, like basically, mm-hmm. like people were just like being real obnoxious with it because it came, you know, because it came out slightly earlier. But by the time it came to the to the to NA, people were just kind of like didn't care about it. Yeah, uh-huh. it didn't matter. Like people were like, yeah, we know how this card works already. It just mm-hmm. wasn't that impressive when it got here finally. So people were just playing like Goblin yeah. Buster and Draconic Descendant, but Descendant was like good when your opponent just had to guard it. Yeah, and also, also this is all. This is something we're seeing now, where you have to pay costs with cards that are from a specific archetype instead of just from a clan, because by this point they had phased out the idea that you'd be mixing and matching certain clans, and everyone just played one clan in every deck now. Yeah, after they st- after the uh, Bermuda Break Ride set, uh, they started just putting everything in an archetype. So mm. you had prisms. Uh, Goldpunk had Liberators, Darkhami had Eradicators, and it would just be like that for a long time. Oh, yeah, that was also something that the second phase of Limited Break introduced was Break Rides. Yep. Somebody want to explain what those are? So Break Rides are um, um, cards that all have the uh, similar t- uh, templated effect of LB4. When your other clan unit rides on this unit, give that unit plus 10k and some other effect. The kind of basic one, it's Jewel Knight Ashley. When you break right on this unit, you give the card 10,000 and a crit. And that's it. Mm-hmm. The other basic one for Narukami was Vowing Saber Dragon. On, on When another Narukami rides on this, let me break four, give 10,000 power, choose one of your opponent's front row rear guards, and retire it. And uh, some of these uh, cards were much, much better than others. Uh, to... Um, to show you the difference here is, you know, there was also, um, make sure I get this card right, because I will mess this up. That's Look, part of the course some of these for cards us. Are, yeah. 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 So, uh, oh no, I have the wrong card. What? <laughs> you got it wrong anyway. <laughs> Sorry, um. There was a so a, a better a better break a better break ride like much better than like Vowing Saber was one called uh, Beast Eating Ethics Buster. Mm. And uh, so when another Nova, Gra- Nova Grappler rides this unit, you give 10,000 power to your Vanguard, and then when it attacks a Vanguard, you stand all of your Nova Grappler regards in the front row. Mm-hmm. So that's, you know, generating extra attacks from your uh, break ride. Yeah. And also, like, talking about Dragonic Overlord again, he had a break ride form that was just named Dragonic Overlord, because I guess they couldn't think of another name to give it. Oh yeah, he did have one of those! <laughs> yeah, I so... Forgot. 
with a Kagura unit rides on them, the standard 10k power, and you can power blast one, discard a Kagura card from your hand. At the end of the battle, it attacked the rear guard, stand it. Huh. Okay. And yeah, that, so that ability was once per turn. Look at the difference between that Dragonic Overlord and the confusingly named also Dragonic Overlord from the beginning <laughs> of the episode. So in there's two less counter blasts. You do have to add a discard, uh-huh. but you don't lose your twin drive, yep. and it's given to I- anybody you fucking want. And it doesn't way, have baby. to hit. It just has to attack the rear guard. It doesn't, doesn't have to hit anymore. Yeah. Yeah, so... What's crazy about the break rights, too, is basically all of them are free. Mm-hmm. There are very few that cost counterblast. Uh, I'm trying to think. You had, like... Uh, Ignition. Dykeiser. Dykeiser. Yeah, that's the one I was thinking of. Ignition that- for Narukami. Yeah, like, well, Dykeiser was you got 10k plus crit and guard break, right? That's right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so that is just Ashley pumped up, mm-hmm. which would explain the counterblast, but it's, uh... Yeah, the counterblast on that card's definitely fair. It's not fair, actually. But in the other way. Why, you... <laughs> <It's> just... <laughs> oh, it's not just... fair for the just... opponent. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's still not fair, even at CB1. <laughs> oh man! Yeah, that guy's sweet. <laughs> yes, it is. We all have very fond memories of this. And then, also, that fucking card made it so that you have to write out the serial number of every card you put on your deck list at Bushiroad like events. What, the break ride, the dragonic the, the, overlord break ride, the dragonic overlord break ride. Because now you couldn't just say dragonic overlord. They're like, which one? Is it, There's multiple. I thought, I thought you had to do it. I'm pretty sure you had to do it even before that card existed. Really? I think so. I don't, I don't really weird. remember doing... Like, I can't remember if that was the case when I went to my first regional for Yu-Gi-Oh. Or Yu-Gi-Oh. For Vanguard. Freudian slip. Awesome. I, I could have sworn I had to write the serial number. I can't remember. If if there are some listeners out there that are like, hey man, I've been here since the beginning, and you can remember filling out a deck list sheet, and they're like, alright, we want the full serial number, please tweet us at Nexus at night, because... Uh, I'm trying to think, I'm trying to think back to that region I played Eradicators at. It was so long ago. I can't remember either. Mm-hmm. Um, but oh. yeah, this is only, we've only covered the first, like, era of Vanguard. Yeah. 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 And, and like, look like, how the first far we've major come. era. First major era. Like, we can keep going into, like, stride a little bit, but look at how far we've come in, in like, 40 minutes. Almost. Yeah. We've gone from counterblasting three for one card to you ride over a thing to get two cards plus some other stuff. Yeah. Or Although... a counterblast one for a draw and retire, or something like that. Hmm. I will note that, like, at the start of every new—I think I said this already—but like at the start of every new game mechanic, they kind of reset costs a little bit. So, just as an, exa- as an example, like Big Bang Knuckle Dragon, which is one of the earlier Legion cards, was Counter Blast Two, so you could Legion it, 
and legioning is you search for a specific you put four cards from your drop zone back into your deck and then you search for a specific legion mate and now you have two vanguards that was a very wonderful explanation i'm sure (laughs) (laughs) yeah so you would take your legion mate put it on the vanguard circle now both of those cards were their vanguard so you would use one of your cards for like their drive checks and everything and the legion mate would just add its power to the le- to your main vanguard mm-hmm. so and that would end up being that, like a fine wine in premium format <laughs> <laughs> and what was the effect of this card so it was act counterblast two cards with brawlers in its name if it's in legion until end of turn gets power plus 5000 and attacks the entire front row in one battle so and then you can also yeah. soul blast one when it attacks a vanguard, you can give it 3k. So it's Vermillion for one less counterblast. Yeah, Not but a it big also improvement. yeah, and also it costs one more counterblast than a lot of the things that came before it. But right. because of the Legion, it is at a base 2,000 power when it's attacking. Right, and that uh, archetype cared a lot about your vanguard hitting every possible thing that it could. Mm-hmm. Because the, then... the other. The other Brawler Legion is like a pumped-up version of this, isn't it? Yeah. Mm-hmm. It costs, like, one Counter Blast net. But you have oh, to eat another Brawler Grade 3, right? I think so. Uh, yeah. But it can also attack, like, four four units in one yeah. battle. Yeah, so it can attack some back row shit, too. Mm-hmm. And then, like, a similar kind of thing happened in when Stride Era started, where... a they started putting in a whole bunch of re-standing cards that cost Counterblast 2, so like... <sighs> Supreme Heavenly Emperor Dragon, Dragonic Overlord the Ace, Jesus Christ, why is this an entire paragraph for a name? So, I'm pretty sure if you, people know what Stride is, I don't feel like explaining it. Fair. It's Act, Counterblast 2, flip up a copy of himself in the G-Zone. If the number of face-up cards in your G-Zone is two or more, until end of turn, it gets drive minus one, and uh, discard a card from your hand, choose a car- card with Overlord in his card name in your hand, and discard it, and at the end of the battle, this unit attacks a Vanguard, you can pay cost if you do stand it, and it gets power plus 5,000 until end of turn. So instead of getting one triple drive, you get two twin drives. Yes. Pretty good. And there were a bunch of cards. There was a bunch of cards that were pretty much this exact text. Yes. Like Victoplasma. uh, But they all had like weirdly different costs, right? Or like Mm -hmm. maybe slightly different costs during the the skill. So like Victoplasma, Homer Orator. uh, I'm sure there are more of them that I can't remember. But they they were basically all like Counterblast 2. If you have two or more face-up cards, gain the skill, lose a drive. And then... At the end of the battle, do something. Restand. Yeah. We're just using Overlord because it's an easy way to compare all of these various costs. Yeah, I don't even remember what Victoplasmus was, to be honest. I mean, Victoplasmus was basically the same thing. Yeah, Counterblast 2, turn a copy of him face up. Oh, it's discard discard 2. Got it. Yeah, it's discard 2 regarding the restand part. But, uh... Mm -hmm. Yeah, like you, you had these like these strides that were made to work with second stride, and mm-hmm. then at the be- at the beginning of uh, stride era, a lot of your um, 
first strides were just on hit stuff. Yeah. Yep. But most of it was free, like Zoras for Narutami. On hit, they retire one, you mm-hmm. bind two from drop zone. Yeah. Or whatever else. But the big and, limitation was on hit. Yes. And cards and, were getting... Uh, go ahead. I was just going to say, like, you, people were seeing more cards. So mm-hmm. we're, we're a long way away from the original days of Dragonic Overlord, where a attacking a rear guard was like a big deal. Now it's just like, fuck it, I, I'll just call another one next turn, I guess? I don't care. Yeah. And, like, every deck had some way of just casually erasing a, van- a rear guard. In, yeah. Oh, man, did that one point, like, no, even Nova Grappler could just, like, wipe your board for no freaking reason? Mm-hmm. Yep. Like, oh, you have less power than me, die. <laughs> like, <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> I also think it's interesting that at the beginning of Jira, you start getting, like, costs that you don't really, you didn't never really saw before. So now instead of it being, you know, Counterblast 2 or in the, you know, the clans that use Soul, Soul Blast 3, like Genesis, or Soul Blast 2 or Soul Blast 1, you're getting more cards that do Counterblast 1, Soul Blast 1. Which wasn't really a thing before Giera, for whatever reason. Hmm. I'm not entirely sure. Do you have any sure. examples off the top of your head? Glimmer Breath Dragon. Okay. Don't trifle with me. No, I'm kidding. Uh, <laughs> but, like, that was the first example that a lot of people think of, because, it like, every clan got this 9k grade 2 that's on place if you have, you know, name of Vanguard that, like, the clan is building itself after now. You counterblast one, soul blast one, it gets plus 2,000, and then you do something. Uh, where th- that was kind of the new Lamp Camel, like, every mm-hmm. clan gets its own version of it. And not everybody ran theirs, but there were some decks that made very good use of them, like uh, Grand Blue with Negrolazy, or uh, early Gear Chronicle used Glimmer Breath to an extent. But just the stuff like that was just a more unique way to pay for costs. Mm-hmm. Not and we just... also started getting another type of card based on another Gear Chronicle unit, Steam Fighter Amber, which was GB1... And so you had to have at least one unit face up in your G zone. Carablast one when it attacks a Vanguard. If it's boosted, do thing. Yeah, that's people call them Amber clones because of that. Even mm-hmm. though Am, even though Amber her him herself never really stayed popular for that long. Yeah, right. but yeah, that was another common staple for like early G era. Was every clan had an Amber clone and a Glimmer clone. Um, the, like, Giera also included, with GB, your cost is now time. Instead of, mm-hmm. you have to pay this to do something, it's you gotta get to this point. Which, uh, the only thing that had really been like that before this was Limit Break. Mm-hmm. And now you're, now you're starting to see it on Rear Guards, which uh, made the early game very boring. <laughs> you know, until that got ruined, but that's a different episode, which I'm yeah. sure we've talked about while it was happening, because we're getting to a point where this podcast actually existed. Oh yeah, we're starting <laughs> to catch up with when we we showed up around like 
God. Uh, I'm curious. We showed up with the blessing of divas. That was our very first episode. Was that set review? And it. When did Blessing of Divas come out? <laughs> G Clan Booster Three. So that's like fairly early. And that puts us. My internet is very slow. Yep. Uh, okay. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So so July twenty sixteen was when it came out in English. So this is about like almost four years ago now, and uh, checks out. Checks out, but like, what were costs like at that point? Uh, uh, let's that, look were at, already starting to come down. Yeah, well, let me look at Loris really quickly. Just so Loris was GB two, Tower Blast one, flip up a cop. Flip up any card in your G zone, so that was another thing that happened. This card stopped demanding that you flip themselves and started just asking you to flip anything in your G zone. Uh, choose up to the same number of rear guards as the number of face-up cards in your G zone. Return them to your hand until end of turn. It gets uh, when attacks a vanguard. If all your units are in harmony, choose three units to get power plus five thousand, and this unit gets critical plus one. Pretty good. Yeah. yeah, that's quite good. But and then I want I wanted to bring up that another cost sort of archetype that was kind of becoming a thing was you would have a card that could flip up something in the G zone, get a skill, and then they would have another second skill that was like GB two or GB three that let that would do something else. So I'm just gonna use Commander Thavas as the example where. You can flip up, act once per turn, you can flip up a copy of himself, choose one of your rear guards, it gets power plus 5,000, and the unit chosen can attack from the back row. And then it also gets GB3, way fourth time only, when it when your unit attacks a vanguard, do, choose three of your opponent's rear guards, your opponent chooses one rear guard from among them and retire it. So, that's just kind of a structure for card costs that started coming up was, you'd have some... You would have a non-GB skill that you would get just by flipping up either a copy of itself or something in the G-Zone, and then you would have a second cost that was restricted to GB. I gotta ask, with how this evolved over time, in the it's almost been a decade since Vanguard's come out. Uh, I think, what, 2021? That's when it's gonna be 10 years? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Do you ever take some? So... Do you think that Bushiroad can go much further with how they pay for stuff <laughs> before it starts to kind of collapse in on itself? I mean, we already kind of reached that point at the end of G era where things just became free, more yeah. or less. <laughs> so as an example, Supreme Heavenly Emperor Dragon Dragonic Overlord the Purge. <laughs> so well, we're back, yeah. <laughs> Once per turn, you could choose a face-down card in your G-Zone, turn a face-up, and put an Overlord from hand into soul. If the number of cards in your opponent's damage zone is four or less, choose one of your opponent's vanguard and deal one damage. And during that damage check, all trigger effects are nullified. So, 
you know, what was the cost of that? Put one overlord from hand into soul. Wow, that's really expensive. Wait. <laughs> <laughs> it also has another skill that's GB3. This unit has the same number of drives as the number of cards in your opponent's damage zone. You'll notice that I did not read a cost for it. Yeah. Yeah, it's just absolutely insane when you compare it to, like, the really old cards. Mm-hmm. It's just, like, absolutely ridiculous. What the heck? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but this was, like, late G-era, around GB13, where Bushiro just gave up. Yeah. Yeah, something um, like that. And then... That's near the end of G-era, and then in V-era... It's kind of gone back to, you know, counterblasting, soul blasting, you know, mm-hmm. counterblasting. What it, it it feels, you know, like the old days again. Which I that was their plan to begin with, so completely understandable. Although, but, uh, I will note, we will note that like the costs now are still much closer to like early G era, where everything was just like one counterblast. So, yeah, but that's really not quickly bad. just come hit. Like, but, as I was going to say, just comparing the new Dragonic Overlord from V-Era to the original, V-Era Dragonic Overlord just says, on hit, counterblast one, discard two, stand this unit, and it gets drive minus one. And, you know, you compare that to the original, where you had to drop three, lose twin, lose this twin drive, which is the same thing as drive minus one. And, And you had to, like, on hit restand, or it's also an on hit restand, but like this one, you could just go straight for the vanguard. It only costs one counter blast. Like the the old overlord kind of had the advantage that you could like blast the entire front row, but you know, just kind of comparing, contrasting a little bit. Yeah, you also had really confusing restanders like Heritage. <laughs> I mean, I, I call Heritage a restander. That's not, like, actually what it's doing. Right, right. But, of course, it's, like, pretty mm-hmm. close. You know, they take an extra turn, but skip your... What is it? You skip your... You skip... You have to ride, uh, whatever. You you have to skip the ride phase? Or stri- and stride phase, I believe. Let me, let me I, be- I believe so. Um... It just kind of restarts your turn, or like you redo your main phase and your battle phase, but no. Yeah, uh, so you you choose four Zodiac Time Beast in your G zone, face up, and turn them face down, and then and that you do that when it's put in the uh, G zone from Vanguard Circle. So that'd be the end of your turn. And if you do, you skip. You get an additional turn, but you skip the ride phase, and you have to stride discard. Yeah. Um, and you so, don't discard yeah. for it. It just sticks itself on the vanguard circle for you. Yeah, it's just like, yep, there you go. So that card was um, something. Do you get the it feeling like... that... Sorry, go ahead. No, go ahead. I was just going to say, like, with with these new order cards, which uh, go listen to, was it two episodes ago that we talked about them? Um, with these new order cards, do you think that they're going to start implementing costs that have to do with, like, discard an order card, do this, or... Uh, I always thought they were going to start using gifts for costs as for stuff besides protect gifts. Because, like, that was mm-hmm. used for a little bit, but not very much. 
And I thought it would there would be more stuff with like you know like sacrifice an Excel gift get a race stand or something like that. That I think that's like a whole space they haven't even looked at yet. Yeah, it's like trading gifts for effects. I honestly thought that the leaders were going to involve getting rid of imaginary gifts. Oh uh, no, that was, they nope. don't like it when you have to interact with your opponent. <laughs> right. So no, I, if like anything, that... they'll print cards that like you get rid of your own gifts for effects, which would be great. Right. Although mm-hmm. these new uh, these new orders might be the case. So, uh, oh yeah, the order episode <laughs> was last week, not two episodes ago. I'm done. Although, um, <laughs> I will note that the first order card we've seen is Counter Blast Two for twenty thousand power. So. They are kind of following that trend where every time they introduce a new mechanic, they kind of overcost it early and then bring it back down to the previous levels. Yeah, there's always that like two, three month period where everything seems okay, depending what you are anyway. But for the most part, everything seems vaguely equitable. But it never lasts for long, unfortunately. Yeah, because sadly, one of the things about power creep is just making everything cheaper. Yeah. Like our podcast. Yep. Hey. <laughs> um, yeah. So, do we have anything else we want to say about this? No. I mean, no. we're pretty much where, I mean, in, we're pretty much where we are now in V, right? Yeah. yeah. Or, or back like, a little bit V, never really. I mean, it's very possible that we just end up back where, like, cost-wise, back where we're at, at the end of G eventually. I mean, we already kind of have that with cards like Riviere, right? Please. <laughs> and I, I know we kind of, like, glossed over a lot of G and uh, V, but I wanted to get really specific about just the original run of Vanguard, because that's where you get to see <laughs> Bushiroad figuring this shit out the first time. And then yeah. every subsequent time is they get a little better at it, depending who you ask, but... That first time, we we get to see just the natural progression of where their thinking goes, um, mm-hmm. and we want to know, listeners, what uh, what do you think about, uh, you know, card costs? Do you think they hand they've handled it well? When was the best time they handled it well? What other questions do you have or comments? Please tweet us at Nexus at Nights on Twitter, Instagram. Guys, where can people find you? you can find me on Twitter at Wiggins Two Gs Two Zs. You can find me at Plasma Eclipse. Sometimes I upload art if I'm not actually busy. I mean, people get busy sometimes. Uh, and you can find me at Atlas Novak on Twitter or Instagram. Uh, you can also find my other podcast uh, at Bad Reading Pod on Twitter or Instagram. That'll uh, that comes out every Friday, and we read crappy fan fiction to people. So if that happens to be your prerogative, uh, I believe of things that they like. Of things that they like, like uh, this last week, it was about pushing daisies. I think this week is—is is it the Bachelor? It's either the Bachelor or Ally McBeal, one of those two. <laughs> so, Why is there fan fiction? For the Bachelor? <laughs> because you know there's fi- there's fan fiction for everything. Okay, <laughs> that's, that's factually true. There's probably the, uh, Ally McBeal plus the Bachelor fa- fan fiction. Actually, the Bachelor episode, it's uh, Draco Malfoy is the Bachelor and Hermione gets invited on. So it's Harry Potter, Bachelor crossover oh, fan. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> uh. Jesus 
but yeah, I I know it's I realize that like if you're not a fan of the original thing, there's no real incentive to listen to it. But most of the stories are so fucking ridiculous. Just come, the you know the comedians do a good job, and please, I'm trying to get my numbers up. God damn it. Okay, I'm done. Uh, until next. Only gets like fifty <laughs> views per podcast per episode. It was twenty seven this last week, so doing great, guys. Please right. help him. Please help me. All right. Until next time, I was Atlas. I'm Matt. I'm Rupier. And have a good night, everybody.